This is Joel Grind from Toxic Holocaust. You're listening to today's Boondoggle. What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio. I just wanted to take a minute in this little intro before the intro to give you an update on some of the things we got going on here at today's Boondoggle. And uh, we recently uh, launched a email account. So if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, you're enjoying the show, you want to see something different, you want to see certain guests on the show, you can reach us at todaysboondoggle at gmail.com. And as you know, the coronavirus lockdown has hit a lot of us uh, financially. Um, Boondoggle didn't escape it either. And uh, if you want to support us financially so we can get you uh, these interviews that you enjoy each week, uh, you can donate to our GoFundMe. There's a, a, you get on GoFundMe, look up today's Boondoggle. We got a GoFundMe that will be ongoing. And um, as well as a Venmo, you can donate. If you use Venmo, go to Venmo domain or uh, today's Boondoggle. And then also there's our Anchor sponsorship on the Anchor app, Anchor.fm. Look up today's Boondoggle, and you can become a monthly sponsor to us there. Uh, as you know, this is a veteran-owned and operated program we got going on here. It's very been man incredibly therapeutic for a guy like myself who. You know, as a veteran with PTSD and anxiety, and, uh, just gets me out there talking with people and gets me out of my comfort zone, and it's been awesome. But uh, it all costs us, you know, to, the travel, accommodations, to to get to these interviews that you want to hear. So if you can help out anyway, we truly appreciate it. Um, also, please follow us on social media. It's at Today's Boondoggle. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just please follow, subscribe, comment, comment. download the, the episodes. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you know, any of the programs that you use to listen to your podcast. Please, please uh, do whatever you can to support us and hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks. You got Thank you for tuning into this week's edition of today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated entertainment cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news, entertainment information and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for tuning into the show here at Domain Cleveland. What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio and uh, got a phone conversation that we've been waiting to have for a little while now with uh, my Facebook friend, uh, Mr. Raven Chain of the band Sister Kill Cycle. How you doing, man? Good, brother, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I mean... uh, I think I'm giving people PTSD whenever my allergies kick in in public because they might think it's COVID or something. But um, <laughs> other than that, everything's going good. Uh, yeah, I wanted to to we've been kind of talking uh, via Facebook uh, to get ready for this and stuff. But you know, uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, how you've been keeping busy or you're keeping yourself busy when we were on the COVID nineteen lockdowns. Or uh, now the uh, civil unrest curfews. 
What do you What do you do to kill time? <laughs> uh, well, same. I try to do uh, as much as I I can. I'm not uh, one to uh, do well with being idle. So uh, pretty much, uh, you know, with, with everything that's going on, it pretty much threw the tour in the garbage. So um, I just went back in the studio and started writing on the follow-up to uh, to the uh, Cross My Heart album. So uh, we've been working on material back and forth with the guys. Uh, my guitar player lives in uh, California, and my drummer lives in Mexico. So uh, it's kind of an online thing. We just throw things back and forth and then uh, work on them little by little. Well, good thing we have the technology to do that kind of stuff these days, huh? We should be, be in trouble. <laughs> I would, uh, yeah, I would, about the only thing it's good for, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, as we've we've been finding out. Um, so, what's your thoughts on how the state of Florida has been handling everything? To be honest, uh, with, you know, with all this uh, COVID stuff at first, um, it, it didn't seem like it was actually reaching us, like as far as like affecting the public or or businesses or things down here. It wasn't so like probably the late middle to the ends that they started like really cracking down with the lockdowns and, uh, you know, closing businesses and all that stuff. And now, uh, fortunately we have a governor, you know, who is, uh, pretty decent and, uh, we're, we're in phase two now. So all the bars are back open and, uh, we're slowly, slowly getting back to normal and we would probably be more so if it wasn't for all this violence going on but again fortunately where i live i live about 20 miles west of tampa like right on the coast on the ocean we 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 don't see any of this protesting stuff so nobody wants to go to the beach and like you know loot and everything i think they just want to lay out and work on their tan yeah yeah and and I think uh, I, th I think the the looters are, are pretty much uh, you know stand in, in like inner cities and stuff like that where there's like concrete jungle and businesses that they can tear up. I mean, you don't want to go out in the country and try that shit because there's way too many guns out here. <laughs> Great. Um, so hey, first I wanted to do like a, a little background to let the virtual audience know a little bit more about you. Um, where did you grow up at? Uh, well, I was, uh, I was born in Daytona, Florida, Daytona Beach, Florida. And uh, my family is military. So we, you know, from a very early age, probably till about, about three or four, we lived in Daytona. And my mother parents lives in West Virginia or lived in West Virginia. So we would travel all over. We were always moving. I was the kid that, you know, never got settled in a school, um, never really had a lot of friends growing up uh, because, you know, we were always moving. But primarily uh, East Coast, anywhere from here to West Virginia, Ohio, Virginia Beach, um, you know, and back and forth pretty much my whole life. Where did you? Where were you guys at when you were up in Ohio? Uh, right outside of uh, Canton. Okay. All right. So by you uh, by the air base and whatever down there. Or? 
Yeah, well, I mean, my yeah, my dad was like, uh, by the time I was, I would want to say probably eight or nine, my dad was actually uh, going into reserve duty. So then he he you know was just doing logistics with the with the bases. Okay. And then, uh, you know what, what did you originally want to be when you grew up? Uh, I wanted to be a musician from you know, I mean very early age. Uh, I, I think uh, I was fortunate enough to actually uh, grow up in the eighties. So when uh, MTV first came on, and I was there, I watched it, uh, watched the very first videos, um, and I saw Alice Cooper, and that made me want to like. That, that I said that's what I want to do the rest of my life. But I grew up like all my family are like uh, bluegrass and uh, gospel singers, so I grew up around music. Okay, so like, what about what age did you start like picking it up yourself? Uh, I would say probably about eleven. You know, I wanted to get into it, uh, but I would say more like. 13 is when I got my first guitar and amp and, and started playing. Okay. So I would, you know, I, I, I jumped into it with, you know, both feet, you know, not even looking. I just, just start playing. By the time I was 15, I'd already uh, started a little three piece band with uh, some high school buddies. And, uh, we bought an old Ford Econoline and just start touring. We were a, uh, I guess you would call it like a goth punk band called INRI, which is what's above the cross on Jesus. But uh, we coined it. I'm nailed right in. Okay. And then, um, so, you know, was it, you said you grew up like in gospel bluegrass type thing. Was that part of that upbringing kind of pushed you into, you know, (laughs) jumping into a band like I'm nailed right in? Uh. I wouldn't say that, that, you know, any, anything to do with like, uh, you know, the religion or anything like that pushed me to like do that kind of music. Um, I, I would, I would say I'm more just lean towards the darker styles of music. I, I don't, I don't really consider it evil, but, uh, something about, you know, the darkness and all the black and the leather and the, you know, uh, may, maybe I'm gay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now's the time to figure it out, right? So, yeah, I guess. <laughs> hey, you gotta, so, you gotta figure out figure out which flag to fly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and it definitely that seems to be the truth with everything going on in the world right now. But uh, um, goals that you've ha- that you've uh, attained thus far, like when you first started the band and 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 stuff, did you set some goals that you've been able to attain? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like any business, uh, the only way you're going to succeed is to set short-term and long-term goals and then work towards them. Um, I guess probably starting out would be, uh, you know, some of the, some of the immediate short-term goals were to start playing out in venues, clubs, what have you, and, uh, try to, you know, just enjoy playing music, build a following. Uh, I knew from I knew from very early on that I wanted to do this was a, as a career. So 
as much as music is fun for me, it's also always been a business. So uh, I think the first things were just just getting out and and start touring and, uh, you know, getting some experience, getting our feet wet. And then, of course, a long term goal back then was to uh, attain some sort of record deal and be able to make music worldwide, which uh, I have accomplished uh, three times now. So this is actually the third record label we've been signed to this last one uh, being uh the uh, the only major label. Okay, great. And then, you know, what other uh, goals do you have going forward? Um, now, uh, hoping and praying that I we get to go out and uh, make music and tour again, and the, the entire music industry is not in the garbage. I mean, that I think uh, a lot of a, a lot of us in the music industry are, are we're, we're kind of hoping for that. I mean. Even with some venues opening up here, it's, you know, it's, it's just a very local scene. It's, it's not like, you know, going out and playing these festivals and, and everything that, uh, you know, most, mo- most artists strive to do. Yeah. And, and with all these like state and federal regulations, it's like, how are they even going to stay afloat and, you know, bring in people to see you guys perform even on a local level, you know? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's really difficult right now because I mean, even the venues down here that are open, they're only fifty percent capacity, and you still have so many people who are scared to death to go out. Um, so your attendance is, is is hurting right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, and I mean everything keeps changing with all the information we're getting, you know, on this whole disease and everything too. So. Who knows, man? I'm just hoping that, you know, maybe this is the reset period and that everybody comes back with a vengeance, at least uh, in 2021. That that would be that would be a great thing. I, I'm hoping for that as well, that uh, we get past this and then everybody's so hungry for the way things used to be that, you know, we get 250, 300 people out at little local clubs. That, that would be awesome. Yeah, and I'm so tired of hearing the the new normal narrative, you know, shoved in our face. It's like, no, I refuse to accept that this is the new normal, you know. Yeah, no, we 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 can't continue on like this. Uh, this is no way for humanity to interact with one another. It's, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to go out on a limb here and like seem like uh, a cynical asshole. I don't know if I can swear, but uh, yeah, you know, you a cynical, <laughs> a cynical asshole. Um, but, uh, you know, with everything I've seen, and I, I actually, I have a really good friend who works at a nursing home, and she and her fiancé actually got uh, the uh, the COVID virus. They were sick with it, and then they recovered. Um, I just think it's way blown out of proportion and, uh, you know, may or may not be for, for polit- political reasons. I mean, it, if you just look at everything, it, it kind of points the finger right at it it's like what else would they do this for exactly and i mean that's uh you know some of the stuff that we've been kind of like communicating or commenting on each other's posts or whatever on facebook is where i saw like wow here's a dude that's uh you know in the music industry and and i felt it like you know being uh the guy that you know just runs a podcast here to interview but interview people but 
you know, if you have any kind of views that are outside the status quo, you know, it's like prepare to be blacklisted. And I really respected the fact that it's like, you know, you're you're a musician. You're at that vulnerable stage where people the can cancel culture could just totally attack you for your views. But you're standing your ground and you're you're you're, you know, expressing how you feel. And that's I think yeah. that's the true, you know. I mean, if anything, that's more true punk rock than what I'm seeing, you know, from the and, old punk rockers. And, right. And, and that's something that surprised me. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I with the COVID thing, you know, I, we got I got attacked personally because of my views on it. And then now with all this rioting and, uh, you know, protesting, whatever they want to call it, uh, you know, I've been attacked for that. And I've. I've never been a person to, you know, follow the status quo or, uh, you know, do the in thing. You know, I learned at a very early age that uh, I don't want to be fucking normal. I, I don't want to be like everybody else because they didn't want to have anything to do with me anyway. So I wanted to be as far away from normal as I could be, which is kind of ironic because most people that see me and know me, what kind of music I make and, you know, the uh, theatrics and the makeup and all that, they, they would never expect me to have the values that I have and the ideals that I have. I mean, I, I, I was, I was very reluctant at first to, to even discuss my, my political views or, or my religious views or anything like that, just because not that I was scared to lose any fans or, or any clout, but I just didn't feel that it, you know, had a place in music. I'm an entertainer. You know, it doesn't matter what, what the fuck I think. You know, I'm, I'm there to entertain people and I think it should stay that way. However, I got to the point and I'm seeing all my peers, all these musicians come out and they're quite honestly so left wing leaning. It's sickening. It's like, are you guys really that ignorant? And I, you know, I am, I will not be, uh, I will not be piled into that 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 left ignorant culture. I, I, so I had to stand up, and and you know, people get pissed, but oh well, you know, I don't care what they think. They can go vote however they want, and I will do the same. Exactly, and that's what you know. And I noticed that when you know via you know social media, and that's why I knew I needed we needed to talk. Um, <clears throat> I mean, just. Uh, it, it, it's almost like people are choosing to be like willfully ignorant. Now the information is out there if you're willing to do a little bit of work and if you're willing to like read between the lines um, and I don't know, you know, it just, it started worrying me because these are people, you know, I mean, I grew up doing stuff in the local Cleveland music scene. I've been doing it for years, you know, and I had a lot of friends that I consider like family and it's just crazy, the division out there now. And it's like the people that aren't willing to just, can we get back together face-to-face and have discussions and disagreements like we used to? You know, without right. all of a sudden, you know, I'm this, I'm this ism, I'm that, whatever, because you don't like the facts I'm presenting to you, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> but, and I, 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 I feel social media has, has, you know, allowed that gap to get even further just because it's so simple to type something on a keyboard in the heat of the moment that uh, in person 
you might actually have uh, a little more thought into, you know, how you react to something. And then therefore you would have the opportunity to discuss it further instead of just, you know, screw you, blah, 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 block, delete, whatever. Exactly. I think, uh, you know, I mean, we mentioned technology earlier with you working with your bandmates. You know, the, that's one of the plus signs. But I think social media has definitely become a negative more than anything. Well, I mean, it's, you know, television was patented um, about a hundred some years ago, hundred years ago, uh, something like that. And uh, in the patent, it is described as entertainment only. So nothing, nothing that you see on a television platform has to be the truth. Um, it can, uh, you know, it can, it could be complete and total lies i mean it doesn't matter because it's all considered entertainment now you know, tell a vision so yeah I, I think that is uh you know social media is like basically steered everybody into this false world i mean almost just like the matrix if you will you know if you can look around i can see that we're in the matrix right now exactly and some people i mean i, I try to be the person that when the when they first unplug, you know, hey, I know this is going to be freak, you know, freak you out a little bit, but I'll walk with you through it, you know. Right. I'll, I'll help you make the transition, but um, man, you know, it's like my patience is thin with the people that are kind of, you know, making the conscious choice that, you know, I try and remember. Look, it, it's not their fault. We've been living a lie since birth. I mean, I still don't know what I don't know, you know. But, right. <laughs> It's just, uh, I don't know. I just think, like, yeah, social media it, it doesn't help things. And then, you know, when we are in public, now we're being told to wear a mask over our mouth. So that how does that help us communicate face-to-face, you know? Right. To share ideas. Everybody, everybody it, it's fear. Uh, two things I've been discussing with, uh, you know, some of my people that are close to me and, uh, you know, about all these these uh you know riots and protests and all the division that's going on i tell them it's like look i work with so many people of so many different colors so many different backgrounds so many different religions that i know there are some hardcore dumbass racists out there that just don't like people because of a certain color or you know a stereotype that that has been ingrained into them but I don't really see it. I, I, I think it is being broadcast as a uh, global thing, and I just don't see it. And what I try to tell these people is like, look, there are two things that are going to divide us as people, and that is hate and fear. Those two things, once we get a hold of that, and once we learn to not hate people and not fear people, I think you will see that racism does not exist. Exactly. And I think fear, you know, I mean, so many, when you're afraid, you're not thinking clearly. You're um, more susceptible to, you know, being told and believing a lie. You know, when we get stuck in that fear and, and it's not good for your immune system. I mean, our own fear and everything, usually we we react in anger. That's like a defense mechanism for fear. I don't want you to know how scared I am. So I'm just going to come at you angry, you know. Right. 
And um, <clears throat> I don't know, man. I just uh, I keep wanting to believe in the Great Awakening. I mean, you know, I, I was in the military uh, and uh, my whole time in the service, we only had one color and that was the uniform we all wore and shared, you know. Right. And uh, exactly. some of the ball busting and stuff we used to do, you know, especially when the Chappelle show was out, we'd come come to work and, you know, me and a couple of the black guys that I served with would just be throwing the one lines from the Chappelle show at each other. Man, people's heads would explode these days. They wouldn't be able to. Oh. Yeah, that exactly. was just our that's humor, a... our ball busting, you know. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, my brother spent 23 years in the Marine Corps. And he said, there's only one color in the Marine Corps. You're either light green or dark green. Exactly. This episode of today's boondoggle is sponsored by TerpHouse.com and their sister website, TerpHouseClear.com. Don't give pain a fighting chance. The benefits of CBD oil are countless. Anywhere from relieving pain and inflammation to anxiety, depression, nausea, may treat seizures and neurological disorders, help improve sleep, and much, much more. Today's Boondoggle listeners will save an additional 20% off your orders using the promo code BOONDOG20. Once again, B-O-O-N-D-O-G, the number 20. Boondog 20 at terphouse.com or terphouseclear.com. So, you know, I wanted to get back on uh, to talking about uh, Sister Kill Cycle a little bit. I'm, I'm sure you're tired of addressing it, but for my virtual audience, I have to mention that, you know, you have a striking resemblance to another shock rocker yeah. that was born in ohio up here by the name of brian warner now has, yeah. that, has that been a blessing or a curse for you um i, I would say if anything it would be more of a curse uh simply because that uh people that are big fans of of brian Obviously, because of the resemblance, instead of just saying, hey, man, that guy looks just like Brian. Oh, it's always that guy's trying to look like Brian or that guy's trying to copy Brian. So it, it's it's been a hurdle. Um, but growing up in West Virginia, I was act, I was doing this before Marilyn Manson ever came out. And. Anybody up there that saw my early bands and, and how it was, they, they're like, now, uh, they reflect, they're like, dude, there's like, you are the original Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson probably copied you. And, uh, so it's, it's just one of those things that is what it is. You, I, I take it with each, you know, conversation that I have. Some, some people will, you know, will be like, oh, dude, it's so cool. You look like Manson, blah, blah, blah. And then other people are like, you know, screw you copycat wannabe and I'm I just do me and I've never changed even with all the flack I've gotten um I just continue to do what I want to do and ultimately this is my life to live and nobody's going to hold my hand when I go to the other side so I got to live with myself and this is what I do awesome 
And then uh, speaking of, uh, you know, Marilyn Manson, I seen that you guys had worked with uh, Sarah Lee Lucas. What was that like? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's another thing that's actually kind of funny with all the people that, uh, you know, make these comments. I've actually been friends with uh, Lucas for uh, probably 20 years now. Uh, and, you know, we've been friends. It's awesome working with him because he knows uh, exactly, you know, how, how to get me to sound the way I want to sound. So, uh, that's always been awesome. Um, of course, uh, I've been friends with, uh, uh, the drummer Ginger for, I don't know, probably at least 10 years. Uh, we used to, you know, every time I go out to LA, he comes and hangs out, and, you know, when he, uh, he got fired from Marilyn Manson for having two broken wrists, he had a band out there called Martyr Plot. So, I'd go out and we would hang out. So uh, it's it's just it's been really cool being able to work with those guys, and you know they they see the whole Manson thing too. But you know behind the scenes, they're uh, let's just say I'm a lot more easy to get, get along with than Brian. <laughs> I can already tell talking to you. <laughs> um, so. At one point, too, when you guys were out on the road, you toured with uh, one of uh, Cleveland's uh, uh, home bands, Mushroom Head. Um, do you have any good stories from that tour? Uh, I have to plead the fifth on anything that happened on that time we were with them. Uh, <laughs> I just, just to say that uh, those guys uh, give us a run for the money when it comes to crazy, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 there was a couple times I actually, uh, I actually think I blushed because of their antics, but, uh, they're, they're all pretty, they're, they're pretty great guys. Um, I really like, uh, Jeff nothing. I mean, he's, he's like a really down earth, cool guy, very business, but he's, he's cool as hell. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been friends with him for years. Definitely a good dude. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I also seen that you guys toured with uh, old friends of mine in uh, Bile. Um, you got uh, any good stories yeah. from that one? Oh, yeah. But, well, Bile is like probably one of the major acts that uh, actually, when we started playing with them, took us, I, I don't want to say took us under the wing, but they were like so helpful uh, about, you know, stage show and, uh, you know, the business itself. So they're one of the bands I really look up, up to. And uh, the old bass player, Bear, is actually a good friend uh, with my brother, who's the, the Marine Corps guy. And uh, so when we would go out, they would hang out. They know each other's mothers and all this stuff. So, uh they're, they're just, they're freaking awesome guys. Yeah, Bear's and, a great uh, dude. <laughs> yeah, especially if, if you know him personally. Um, you know, when he when he finally came out, you would never in a million years be like, this guy is not gay. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's always been a, been a sweetheart every time. It's been a few years since they've been through Cleveland, but I used to have a good relationship with him. Uh but, uh, yeah, I hope they're doing well. I haven't caught up with them in a while, so I don't know what's been going on with them. Um, 
But how's uh? Yeah, I still I still I still talk to Dave every once in a while. Uh, ran into him not too long ago in New York City. Uh, we we played. Well, I guess it's probably been about four years ago now. But uh, he came to our show and we got we got to sit down and hang out. Yeah, I mean, especially with them living up in New York, I hope they're doing well. I'll have to try and send some feelers out or something. But uh, how's uh, "Cross My Heart" been received by your fans? Um, actually, very well. Uh, more than I thought it was going to. Uh, when I started writing the record, I was going through a divorce, um, and it it, uh, it was rougher than most. I mean, uh, it's really weird. We we have children together, so uh, that made it even more difficult. But uh, pretty much the whole record I knew was going to be uh, like a uh, cleansing of that relationship, and uh, it's pretty much every song on there is a reflection of something that happened during the marriage or during the end of the marriage. Um, so I was, I was worried that, you know, the, the fan base would, would think it was too sappy or, or too soft, but, uh, uh, it's actually, it's done, it's done quite well on sales and done quite well on radio. So I, I'm surprised and, uh, very, very appreciative of that. That's great. And what's the, uh, the creative process usually like for you? Um, typically I'm asked backwards when it comes to writing, uh, you know, being a vocalist, most people would think I would like walk around with these notebooks and constantly writing lyrics and, uh, stuff like that. But I'm a Virgo, so <laughs> I'm very emotional. Um, I prefer, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll, I'll start writing the music. I'll either, you know, write a bass or, or a guitar line around drums and then just start building from the ground up then. And then when the song comes together, it usually it usually tells me what it wants to be about. Or, you know, it, it will make me feel a certain way and then I'll start writing lyrics around the way it makes me feel. Gotcha. <clears throat> so it's uh it's it's uh, it's backwards from what most singers typically do. And then, like, uh, I mean, it, that so I mean, you're able to express yourself and 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 kind of cleanse, uh, you know, the end of your marriage, and um, you know, what other things like inspire you? Like you said, you during COVID, you've been in uh, writing stuff. What what stuff is uh, really inspired you for uh, I, I would I would have to say this this new record is going to be a, a very angry record um, pretty much uh, I I can't really write about something that I don't understand or that I don't feel um, that, that isn't real in my life so so everything that I write is is something that I've experienced and this just Everything we've gone on from like, you know, government failure, government conspiracies to uh, public sheep and just the the idiocy that I see out there. Um, so I I don't know, maybe this record would be the one that, you know, everybody hates because it's uh, it's going to be saying a lot of uh, angry, dark stuff. Well, you treat us like caged animals, you know, we're going to end up acting like them, so. 
got to release yeah, somehow. Well, <laughs> um, but at least your way is going to be more uh, therapeutic, I would say, than, you know, some of what we're seeing out there. Yeah, I mean, it, it would. it's definitely more safe for the public than, than if I would uh, actually enact what I would like to do. Yeah, and then I'm sure, but, you know, there's always the people that can't take personal accountability, and then when they hear it, they'll say, well, you know, his latest CD made me do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's that's fine, I, you know, let's uh, let's go to court, you know, make me more famous. <laughs> So I want to get to some of the uh, questions I normally ask uh, my guests on here. Um, who's your top three musical artists? Uh, probably Alice Cooper, uh, Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix. Okay, cool. And then uh, is there like... Um, you know, you talked about being attracted to the darkness, but I mean, and go and then going through this uh, dark time, and uh, you know, with the last album, is there a song out there that uh, you feel has inspired you in life or picked you back up when you've gone through some of these dark times? Uh, of my own music or other artists? Uh, some another uh, another artist, like a certain song that's been your like a go-to for you. Uh. I mean, it, it, I I usually am listening to music at, at least ten hours out of each day, so I'm always listening to something. But I would I would have to if I had to pick anything, I would have to pick an album that is kind of like a go to weekly listen to the entire album, and that would be Pink Floyd, The Wall. Oh, great! Yeah, I see that. And then, uh, what's like the last book you read? Uh, would be the uh, Peter Steele biography. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, um, is there like a morning ritual or routine that you have that every day? Coffee, coffee, coffee. <laughs> I get that one a lot. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. That's that's first thing is definitely coffee and uh I, I have a room in my house that uh, i coined the new orleans room and uh we basically uh you know new orleans is one of my favorite favorite places on earth so uh you know the room is decorated and uh has uh these two chaise lounges that are antique from like the 1800 uh vintage with a uh, red K, uh red crushed velvet so I uh, usually take my coffee in there and uh, just kind of reflect on uh, the, the day before and then the task to, to at hand for the day. Gotcha. And then is there a band that you've uh, had the most fun with on the road? Uh, well, I'm a little biased just because we're friends, but I, w I would have to say uh, my my favorite would be Typo, of course. Uh, Peter Steele and all, all the guys are, are just, they're like really, really good friends and they're comical, hardcore, you know, they're the kind of guys that'll fucking 
you know, stab you in the ribs and keep poking fun at you. But, you know, if somebody fucks with you, they'll beat their ass. So they would, they would probably be, uh, anytime we played with them or did work with them, it was like, fun. it was, it was, it was not work. It was fun. It was total fun. That's great. So you have any good Peter Steele stories? Yeah, all of them are good. <laughs> like I said, anybody that knows Peter knows that, uh, you know, he's a, he's a closet comedian. So, uh, behind the scenes, he, he's always, he's always a joker or a jester. Um, you know, he was always, you know, making everybody laugh. Even, you know, he'd walk around with this, you know, scourge look on his face talking about, I hate fucking life. I can't wait till the fucking grave takes me. But, you know, he's always, always being funny. So, uh, yeah, I've heard, uh, I've heard that a lot, man. He's definitely missed. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's one of the guys that, that, I started out as a fan and, uh, you know, I, I went to so many shows that, uh, the band started to recognize me. And, uh, then finally, you know, Peter, you know, invited me to come backstage and then, uh, we hung out backstage and, uh, they, he invited me to come to the next three shows that they had, it was, you know, in Huntington, West Virginia, and then Columbus, Ohio, and then Cleveland. Uh, so we followed him around for that. And then, you know, during that time we started talking about my band and I threw him a demo and, uh, uh, actually Josh was going to, uh, going to do some mixing on one of our records, but, uh, this was, uh, right in the turmoil time. They, they started going, you know, over to Germany and doing whacking. And then of course, Peter died. So, oh man. Um, well, at least you got some of those memories with them. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're definitely there forever. So, uh, here's a popular, uh, question on the show. Anxious to hear your answer here. Favorite toy as a child and why? Um, man, that's, that's, that's actually that's kind of a tough one because I, I love I loved toys as a kid. I, I like collected all the Star Wars and stuff like that. But I would have to say if uh if I had to pick one singular one, there was a uh a Jaws toy that came out. And uh it was it was kinda like a game, but uh you know, had this half of a life size like you know, half of a Jaws and you know, it had the teeth and you had to like get this thing and it would snap down on you. But, uh, I think it always scared the shit out of me just because of the movie and the game, you know, having that toy, you know, always scared the shit out of me to play. But, you know, it's like one of those things you have to play it because you love it, even though it scares the shit out of you. So I think that would be like my favorite. Now, I don't know what happened to that toy. Probably got burned up or blown up or something. There's a recurring theme, it seems like, with facing your fears. Well, well, you know, that's one thing I learned very early on with my father and, and my, my family were like hardcore men, men. Like uh, they they were the kind of guys that uh, you didn't get to sit in the house and get babied and play video games and stuff like that. I, I started working with my dad when I was probably... 10 or 11 years old, old enough to like go out and actually do stuff. There was no sitting at home. So, uh, yeah, I just, I just, 
I guess it just got ingrained in me, like, no matter how big or how bad something looks, screw it. You know, you just got to, you got to face and get through it. So I, I'd rather, I'd rather get my ass kicked than be afraid of somebody, if that makes sense. No, it makes complete sense. You're part of a dying breed. It seems like all the kids that were just handed trophies are now out there, you know, destroying small businesses. Uh, yeah, which they don't realize their parents are going to have to pay for. Yep, that the, it's this entitlement mentality, you know, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, hopefully we'll get through it and people will get back on the, on the right path of things and, you know, parents will be allowed to parent once again because that that's the yeah. that seems to be the key you know you destroy the the family unit and then this is what we have left you know it's all the single parent households and stuff like that you know this is what we're this is the you know the result of that well hopefully in november will be the beginning of the change of all that yeah so i'm hoping the silent silent majority uh, out there shows up at the polls um once again um so uh another question favorite wrestler or and or mma fighter undertaker of course <laughs> either yeah I would, I would say i would say undertaker but it would be a tie between undertaker and uh rick flair oh yeah yeah two of the greatest right there um, yeah, I, I, you know, the undertaker, of course, you know, he's foreboding and, and scary and like just big and badass. And then of course, you know, he had his, his own word guy coming out, the, the Dr. Paul bearer, you know, and, uh, Ric Flair was, you know, he's just a flashy loud mouth. So who couldn't like that? Exactly. And it seems like, uh, you know, I've watched some of the documentaries behind the scenes about both of these guys and they had that work ethic that we were just talking about too, you know? Yeah. So much respect for that. Um, and now that, uh, you know, I, I always ask this question, but I'm sure I'll get a good answer with the, uh, coming from the patriotic family, the military family. If you could, uh, you know, any message that you have for our military members currently serving overseas. Uh, well, of course, you know, just be safe. Um, thank you so much for the service that you're doing for our country and, uh, the other countries that we are in, you know, a lot of people don't understand that we're actually, we're not over there just policing another country. Um, some of the guys over there actually, you know, meet the, the locals and, uh, they care about what's going on. So, uh, just, just a big thank you to all of our military out there serving right now. And of course the ones that have already served, um, I can't, I cannot state enough how important our military is to the sanctity and the safety and the well being of our country. Um, they are the frontline defense for everything we get to enjoy sitting on our asses in the air conditioning and, you know, going to a lake and fishing with our kids and, you know, these, these, these people do not understand how quickly this country could change, uh, under a communist rule to, uh, everything we knew be gone 
And uh, I, I think the military are our first line of defense in, in our freedom. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you brought up a good point, too, and like how quickly things can change. It's like, I, it, you know, I noticed, you know, on the, on the social media outlets, the people that are getting censored, the conservative uh, voices that get, get cons- uh, you know, censored or shut up and the, um, you know, all the liberals just like, if they don't like what you have to say, they just silence you. Well, you know, okay, so they get their way and we're silenced for now and we're taken out of the equation. Who's going to be there for them when it, when the powers that be decide, Hey, now it's your turn to shut up, you know? Yeah. Well, of course there will always be people like us who believe in the core values of our constitution and what it is to be a human. So, well, you know, they'll never get silenced because we always are the, you know, we're the guys that give the chances. We're the guys that, uh, you know, keep fairness alive. Exactly. <clears throat> and then, so, um, unfortunately, unfortunately, they'll, they'll never, they'll never feel, uh, what we on the, uh, right side of the equation as patriots, as, uh, as, uh, you know, people, to support our constitution they'll, they'll never feel the uh being shut up like we do no but i'm hoping um you know as more gets revealed as more dark comes to light those that have the ability to comprehend um you know are able to and open up and see what's going on and like i said you know i'll, I'll gladly try and be somebody to walk alongside them and help them on their journey but right now it's like you know i i just i'm constantly getting attacked i got you know i'll post my views and everybody comes and comments on me i'll see some of my friends with the vote opposing views and i'll just be like you know what it's not worth arguing i'm just going to scroll past it you know a little bit of self-restraint um so i don't know (laughs) hopefully hopefully that'll that can all change here coming up, but you, there will always be like four to six percent. I think that you'll just never get through to. Yeah, I, yeah, I, at least that's a, that's a that's a very low number, but yeah, we'll we'll say four to six percent. Yeah, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt and give them a chance here, but <laughs> I know, I know. I think I re- might have read that on a Q post anyway. So <laughs> but, I get, I, I get. I get all my logic from uh, fortune cookies. <laughs> hey, so uh, if if people wanted to, uh, you know, hear more of your music or uh, you know support the band during this time and not touring, buy some merch or whatever, where would you send them? Um, if you could go to our official store, it is uh, Sister Kill Cycle Store dot Big Cartel dot com, and uh, that has. It has the album, the hard copy albums on there, as well as, uh, you know, T-shirts. And uh, we're constantly working to get new merch up there. So uh, we're, we try to keep it fresh and rotate shirts around and all that. Um, you could also uh, visit, of course, our Facebook, you know, Sister Kill Cycle Official. Okay, great. And then... uh I'll ask uh, one last favor of you before I let you go. I heard uh, probably one of your biggest fans in the background probably wants some time with dad. So uh, uh, before you take off, you mind doing a promo ID for the show? 
Of course, brother. Awesome. So, yeah, just introduce yourself and say, and you're listening to today's boondoggle. All right. Hey, guys, this is Raven Shane, and you're listening to today's boondoggle. Awesome, man. Thanks a lot. I'm glad we finally were able to do this. Uh, and we'll be in touch. I'm, you know, we'll stay in touch on, online, supporting each other, having each other's backs on there. First, brother, man. And so that we got to stick together. And then I'll, uh, uh, I'll hit you up when uh, I'll, when this is up. So, all right, man. Thanks again for the time. You're welcome, brother. Thank you. Bye-bye. See ya.
VFW Story, brought to you by Today's Boondoggle. I know, to pay his legal fees. He bought, he bought the rights to Remus too, and then you never saw that again. Really? And that's, that's a classic. Yeah. I happen to have a copy of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he bought the rights to it. Well, because you're a card-carrying member of the uh, Aryan Nation. <laughs> we, we, we play it at meetings. <laughs> Mr. Bluebird's on my shoulder. <laughs> I mean, that was a great show, and he took a great show. Because he said it was racist. Yeah, it was racist. He said, just like this, he said the same thing about that. He says it was racist and all this stuff. And he's in prison, so what's he know? What's he know? He's raping women with drugs. There's always room for pudding or whatever. Give pudding pop. And thank you for listening to another story time from the VFW Hall, brought to you by Today's Boondogger. Thank you for tuning into this week's edition of today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated entertainment cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news, entertainment information and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for tuning into the show here at Domain Cleveland.